Notice Genesis 22, verses 16 and 17. And if a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged and lies with her, he must pay a dowry for her to be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the dowry for virgins, but he can't have her. You see, what happens here, one commentator says this, when it comes to the marriage plan, the father has the right to derail a marriage plan. The commentator says this, the father decides, not the daughter, not the seducer, not true love, not Hollywood, but mundane old dad is the one who determines the marriage. You say, oh, this is Old Testament stuff. Well, there's New Testament confirmation to this. Deuteronomy, excuse me, Matthew 22 and verse 30. The Lord Jesus says in responding to the Sadducees regarding the woman with seven husbands, in the new age, who shall be her husband? Jesus says in 22:30, it says, In the resurrection they shall neither marry nor be given in marriage, as it is in this age, you see. The assumption is in this age people will marry and what? Be given in marriage. And who in this age will do the giving in marriage? It's the fathers will give in marriage. And this is even further underscored in 1 Corinthians 7, 36 through 38. You know that passage which refers to a father giving his virgin in marriage. I believe this is a father giving away his virgin daughter in marriage. And we don't have enough time to unpack all that expositionally or exegetically. But the point is, a father has jurisdiction over the marriage of his daughter. So... I know this is so countercultural, isn't it? Because Hollywood, in so many ways, determines our culture. But the scriptures teach us that God gives peculiar protection to vulnerable girls who are vulnerable to being aggressively manhandled by testosterone filled boys. And so, a woman, a daughter, when a man expresses interest in her, should be saying, you have interest in me? You'll have to ask my daddy about that. And that is a great safeguard to the girl, to the woman. Again, this is contrary to Hollywood's propaganda. Hollywood presents us these Romeo and Juliet plots where the father and the mother in this equation are often presented as obstructionist villains standing in the way of true love. But that's not how the Bible paints parents, father and mother. See, the biblical gives, the Bible gives a Christian counterculture where children, daughters peculiarly are solemnly accountable to parents, daughters to fathers. You teach your daughter when she's really young. She is not an independent free agent. She is her daddy's daughter. And she is to seek his approval when it comes to romance. Now this is reproof, men, to our hand-pocketing, shoulder-shrugging, lip-zipping, helpless-acting fathers of our day. They sit back and read postcards and buy luminous to sedate themselves.
We are not to watch our children, our daughters in particular, to wander into dangerous romances. We've got to get away from the purple four-ballism and get out and exercise manly dominion, fatherly giving in marriage. Secondly then, fatherly evaluating in dating. Fatherly evaluating in dating. This is a sphere for manly dominion. Men, we think of our children. I know the, the dating game out there. It's a dangerous game, the way people play it now. Many men passively conform to the pattern of the world and let their daughters and their sons do it like the Canaanites do it. Jacob was a fool to let Dinah run throughout the countryside. The boy in Shechem had his way with her. And there are many boys in Shechem out there who will maim and destroy and harm our daughters. You, you let them run out there in Canaan. That's what you're going to get without your being a father stepping up to the plate. The first time I preached through this, I was in Florida a number of years ago, and I was preaching. There was a girl I was told it was, we were just about to finish, and there was a, a lunch that was going to be served, and, and the daughter just stood there with tears running down her cheeks. She was about a 19, 20-year-old girl because she wished her dad had throughout the years stepped up to the plate, got off his, off his sofa, and stood and fought for his daughter instead of passively permitted her to run about like all of the other whirlings around her. And she had scars to show for it. You see, we need to assess the worldly dating game. And we need to resolve not to let our children determine for themselves what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, just because everybody else is doing it. This whole idea of dating. Dating. I'm, again, I'm not into this idea of courtship, and we have all these extra-biblical rules of how you court, and I don't even know, I can't jump through all the hoops of all that business. But men, we cannot permit our kids to conform to that dating, that going steady scene that is out there today, where this, this dating, where an unmarried pairs go off late into the night, all alone, unchaperoned for multiple hours at a time. You know, that's such a make-believe atmosphere, isn't it? Let's go out to dinner at a restaurant and a movie. How do you figure out who somebody really is? You can go to a restaurant, and for an hour and a half at a restaurant, you can pretend to be whatever personality she wants you to be. In a movie, you don't talk, and who knows what goes on in the dark of a movie. What is this about? Are letting our daughters or encouraging our sons to go off and engage in such things? Think about this. Don't just sit back and say, well, all the other kids in the neighborhood are doing this, and the other kids in the high school are doing the same thing. Think about it. Be a man of dominion. And then thirdly and finally, fatherly overseeing in courtship. Fatherly overseeing in courtship. Instead of being four-ball-like, being pushed around by the world's customs and culture, we should say, as for me and my household, especially with our daughters, we need to invest early, men. When a 17-year-old girl is confronted by her dad 
at a time of romance, the hope would be that for 17 years the dad has been investing in the relationship with his daughter. Hopefully he hasn't been a passive purple four-ball. He's been the dad who on cold winter nights, she wants to go up and go sliding? You want to sit on your sofa in the warmth by the fireside? You get up, you put on the boots, and you put on your coat, and you put on your hat and the scarf, and you pull the sled up and down the hill with her. She wants to go swimming, maybe? No, Dad doesn't want to be bothered. No, Dad's the guy who's up and he's out. Or even my dad. My dad, if it would be a paper route, and if it would rain early in the morning, my dad would get up and he'd be out there in his, his old man's T-shirt, and he'd be folding papers in the car with us, and he was... My dad had invested in us so that by the time it came to our adolescent teenage years, he had all kinds of capital with us. And I hope that we have capital with our children so that when we come to these dicey years of romance, we have their hearts. Because for the 17-year-old daughter whose dad has been a passive purple four-ball, and then at age 17, he vetoes a certain suitor who she thinks to herself, oh great, he ruins my life, and now he wants to wreck my one ticket out of here. It ought not be that way. We need to be incrementally investing for decades. When, when you hear her cry at night, you don't just wait till your wife gets up and go, you get up, and there, there's dad. He's in a room. What, what's, your, what's the problem, honey? Are you okay here? Are you okay? Dad's here. It's okay. When she vomits at night all over her her, her blanket and her bed cover. You, you get up and you pull it all out and you take it all and it gets all over your t-shirt and you throw it in the bathtub and you clean her up and you put her back to sleep. Are you the one who is concerned about her and compassionate with her? Are you the one who broke her of her lying? Are you the one who had the late night talks with her? So that now she's 17 or 18 or 19 or 20, and dad can say, you know, you know, daddy only wants your best. At that point, tears come down. She says, I know, daddy, but it's just so hard. It hurts so much. One commentator says, she knows that her father will not be selfish in the big things because she knows he's not been selfish in the little things. So let's invest when they're young. So we can be well positioned to say things to our daughters when they're older. To say, honey, I don't want you to wear that dress. You ought to be saying things like that. Especially in a culture where the saran wrap blouse and the skin tight pants that start below the navels are standard. Honey, I don't want you to wear that. Or son, since you're not ready yet to shoot the rapids of marriage, I want you to stay out of the river of romance. Or, honey, have him call and we'll discuss his coming over to meet your mother and me. Or to be able to say to your daughter, honey, that boy, that young man could never spiritually lead you. Or to say to a young man someday, yes, it would be my privilege to give you my daughter's hand in marriage. And then later on to be able to say, a toast to my new son-in-law, a true man after God's own heart. I long to be able to say that. But it's not going to happen, humanly speaking, if I'm a passive purple four ball. 
And may God help us to be men of dominion. Now I know this has been an intimidating commission that I've given to you today and last night. One of my concerns is I feel you walk away so burdened. Who is sufficient for these things? Well, we are not. But the point is, the Lord can make us mighty men by His Holy Spirit. There's a text about David's mighty man named Shema. It says, the Holy Spirit clothed Himself with Shema. You just think of some of us who are sitting here. The Holy Spirit clothes Himself with Jeff. The Holy Spirit clothed Himself with Ron. The Holy Spirit clothed Himself with Bart so that we can go off as mighty men who are true men of dominion, imaging our Heavenly Father. May He help us. May He give us grace. Don't go off oppressed. Go off challenged and realize that God can, by His Spirit, make us sufficient for these things. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the hours. We thank you for the Word of God. We ask now that you would give us the power of your Spirit. We do complain and say, who is sufficient for these things? We also confess our sins and say we have fallen so far short of your glorious commission that you've given to us. Have mercy on us, we pray. Uh, give us a holy sense of resolution to put our hands to the plow and not turn back. And Father, we know it's true that lest you build the house, we labor in vain. So come and establish the work of our hands, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
close. For the preaching, we thank God for the preaching of His Word on the important subject of manly dominion in child rearing and in the various facets it presents itself. Oh, may God cause us to be real men who take dominion over our children. Well, I'll ask us to rise and sing our closing hymn, Stand Up. Stand up for Jesus. Let's let's rise together, shall we?
Closing, uh, just uh, one announcement before I call Elder Chundu to pass announcements. Um, after Elder Chundu passes his announcements and renders closing remarks, Pastor Sivale will come and close in prayer and the conference will come to an end. So immediately after Elder Chundu comes forth, Pastor Sivale. But uh, just one announcement, if you recall, on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, we did make an appeal for those of you in Lusaka to come through. There, will, there would be a gift that will be given. Well, that gift is ready. For those of us who are here, uh, just see Mr. Emmanuel Chisola right there, and we can collect our, our goodies uh, from him. I'll just invite Oda Chundu to just uh, come forward. Well, well, well. Uh, good evening, brethren. As they say, you know, there is a philosophical saying which says everything that goes up must surely come down. And this is exactly what is happening at this very moment. But there is also another saying in our educational context which basically says educate a girl child and you educate the whole village. Uh, I have also come up with my own uh, saying, particularly with regard, you know, to this conference. And uh, may I add, educate the man and you educate the whole family. There is no doubt that uh, this has been a great feast. I think if you have been following through the uh, great truths that have been uh, offloaded upon us, and uh, it is uh, indeed just meant to make us uh, to be equal to the task that we have to play as uh, men. So we need to fulfill that uh, manly role as it were. Now, if you have taken time, you know, to read the book of uh, Revelations, particularly with regard to the letters that the Apostle John was asked to write to the seven churches, there is a common thread, particularly towards the end of each of those uh, letters. And uh, that you know, thread or strand basically says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I, I, I can't really add you know, more to what we have learned. The men have labored to bring these great truths to us. And all I can just say is that let, uh, you know, uh, he who has an ear, let him hear what uh, truths have been uh, brought uh, to us. Uh, a special thanks to the speakers uh, who have labored faithfully to bring uh, these uh, truths to us, but also uh, special thanks to the men's and media ministries uh, for their tireless efforts in ensuring that uh, this uh, conference was uh, indeed uh, a success. And I think it has been a great uh, success 
in many ways. May I simply say that may God bless you, brethren, and uh, that may God uh, also bless the word that has been preached, that it may find room in our hearts and uh, not in the hearts of those who have been here, you know, listening to this, but those also who have been following us uh, via social media platforms. And uh, it has uh, been a great moment to just sit and listen to these great uh, truths. With these uh, few moments and few comments, uh, let me just ask uh, Pastor Svali to come through and uh, close for us in a word of uh, prayer. Pastor Svali. Let's bow our heads together and pray. Our God and our Father, our Father, because of the righteousness of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we bow before you this evening with grateful hearts for the privilege given to us to sit under sound preaching of your word. O oh God, we can testify that we felt something of what the disciples felt when they say, didn't our hearts burn within us as you opened up the scriptures? Lord, you've, um, you've caused your men to faithfully labor these last seven days, and you unction them with the power of your spirit. And as they opened up your word, many truths have come out of your word. Our Father, we plead that you cause us as men, husbands, fathers, brothers, to be manly in all aspects of our lives, to be manly at home, at work, at school, and that our manly dominion will point many to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But all of those of these truths have come hitting us home, showing us the areas that we need to work on, rebuking us and challenging us and instructing us. And we do recognize that on our own, Lord God, even the best of resolves that we do make will fail. And so we ask that may God the Holy Spirit engrave these truths upon our hearts and with his power, his leading, help us to be men after our own heart. Our Father, we will be facing the world that is against you in all aspects. Help us to be men that will shine the light of the gospel in us because we've experienced the forgiveness of our sins. Oh God, we pray that you help us in this duty that you've given unto us. And now as we come to the end of our time this evening and the end of our conference, 
Lord, we pray that this truth will continue to ring in us and that they will continue to conform us to the likeness of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that each day as we dive into your word, we will become more like Christ. Thank you for the men that have spared time to tune in, time to physically be present, and time to run around to ensure that this conference takes place. Lord, we pray that you bless them abundantly and more so that you bless those that have brought your word to us. And now we pray that you will go before us for we ask and we pray in that marvelous name of the one in whom you are well pleased, even your son and our savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lines are open and he wants you to come in. 